I started teaching the other day, last Tuesday, in our prayer meeting here. I tell you what, God was God was here in a real way, um, and we got to not just myself, but others mentioning the angels of God, the protection of the angels, and and angels of the Lord that are around us and ministering spirits for us. Uh, we're heirs of salvation, so the angels are ours, and God just began to deal with me on that. I, I had done a a series on the ministry of the angels years ago, and uh, I started listening to some of those old. We, we took them off a cassette and put them on a CD. And uh, but I, I told Pat, I said, "Boy, that young preacher was pretty fiery back then." <laughs> of course, that was back in the seventies, you know. So uh, anyway, but uh, but you know what? The word doesn't matter if it's in the seventies, eighties, the nineties, or two thousands. It's still the same word. Amen. God doesn't change. His Word doesn't change. His power doesn't change. And God's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He'll do exactly what He did back then. He'll do it again today. Amen. Because God, uh, you know, He just don't get tired of blessing. <laughs> Amen. Turn with me over to Hebrews, the first chapter, 13th through the 14th verse. We're going to just continue along that vein of angels. And this morning, I want to get into... Uh, the angelic organization, how they're organized. But listen, God's a God of order. We need to understand God is a God of order. He doesn't just throw things into existence. When He, when He created this earth, it was done orderly. He created the day and the night. He created the, the moon and the stars. He created the earth. He put everything in the earth. And that final piece that He put in the earth was man. And woman. <laughs> and you know, Adam, they said when Adam woke up, because God took a rib out of Adam and made the woman. And when Adam woke up, he said, whoa, man, hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, God, God, is, God put it all together. But look at Hebrews 1, verses 13 through 14. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand? Till I make your enemies your footstool. And then he talks about the angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvations? Now, angels have an important to play in our history. I mean, from the very beginning of time in Genesis all the way down through Revelation, angels have an important part in the history of the church and God's people through the ages. And not only that, they have an important part to play in our lives today as individuals. Angels are real. They're beings created by God. And uh, we, shouldn't, we should regard all that God's provided for us. Well, listen, we need to thank God for everything God's provided for us. Angels are part of that uh, gifting that God's given to us as His members of the body of Christ. And angels are there. And we should regard that. In, in the last season, or the last lesson, we saw that angels were created by God. They were created by God. We're going to go into that just a little bit this morning. But, but angels are not to be worshipped. <laughs> angels are made a little lower. Angels are not to be worshipped. And listen, what happens in our world uh, uh, church 
deals around the world, the different religions around the world, a lot of them have angels that they worship. See, God, God definitely said you're not to worship them. We're not to worship the angels. And uh, they don't, the, the angels don't possess uh, your body like the Holy Spirit indwells us. Angels are not somebody that comes in and lives in us. I know Pat thinks she's married an angel, you know. Uh, but that's, uh, she'll find out one day that I'm not, I'm not really uh, created as an angel. <laughs> but angels don't possess our bodies. The Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in this earthly temple. Jesus, that's what Jesus said. You'll receive the Holy Ghost. He shall live in you, dwell in you, and live in you. And He's going to be there. And uh, so angels are limited in their power. Now, listen, they've got a whole lot more power than you got. But they're limited in their power. They're limited in what they can do, and they also have things they cannot do. And so they're limited in their power in that sense, and they're not all powerful. Because, remember, angels have wrestled. If they were all powerful, all they had to do was just flip them off, you know. Yeah, how many see what I'm saying? They're, they're not created as all-powerful beings, but they are powerful because they're God's creation. But, uh, but they make up a mighty army of God. Angels, it's a mighty multitude of angels that's a mighty army of God to fulfill the orders uh, that the Creator and Commander-in-Chief, God Himself, gives. God is over them. God tells them what to do. God commands them. God gives them orders. God gives them assignments. I remember there was a book that came out years ago, Angels on Assignment. And uh, I, I don't even remember the book, all of it now. Some of it I agreed with, some of it I didn't, you know. But, but angels, but they do have assignments from God. They definitely have assignments from the Lord. And uh, they make up that mighty army. Now, what we want to do is just show you an angelic organization and how God is has God all God has this organized. How many believe God's an organized God? If if you're not organized, you know. I'm not going to say this, but but I've been in houses and, and nothing here. No, everybody here is in order. Thank God. <laughs> but I've been in some houses. I don't see how they find anything. I don't even know how they find the path to the refrigerator. Now, that's an important path to the refrigerator. I, I mean, I, and I, I was over one, one guy's house one day, and he said, here, I got, I'll go get it for you. And he started looking through things. And i tell you what, I asked him, I said, how in the world do you expect to find anything in this mess that you got in this office? I said, he said, well, I know where it is. Well, find it. I waited there a few minutes. He still couldn't find it. I said, it's because you're not organized. <laughs> but listen, God's organized. Amen. And He's given us some uh, mighty things through angels. And we, I just want to show you how angels minister for us today. Because they have a job in our lives. Especially in this end time. We're going to see more manifestation of angels in this end time than we've ever thought of. And you might even see angelic manifestations in your own life, more so than you've ever felt in your life. Because God is our protector. We're His handiwork. We're His possession. And God has means 
of protecting His children. And angels are assigned to us. Glory to God. Thank God. Listen, we, we've got some angels assigned to us. Now, don't get caught up in desiring angelic visitations. I, I've seen some people, they, they say, Boy, I wish I had an angelic visitation like that brother was talking about. Well, that brother shouldn't have been talking about his angelic visitation. He should be talking about the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. An angelic visitation is going to be for your personal your personal thing that God's dealing and showing you that He's mighty and strong in in your life. But because a person has an angelic visitation, and I'm not denying the fact, I think we've had angelic visitations, every one of us probably have, and not even realize it. Remember, one scripture says you entertain angels unaware. Because they can appear as physical beings. They can appear as human beings. They can appear as a man, woman, boy, girl. You know, they can, and we've entertained angels unaware, not being aware that they're angels that are there for our purpose and to help us and to assist us. But angels are real. But don't, you know, don't, don't, don't start fasting and praying to have an angelic visitation. We don't fast and pray for angelic visitations. We fast and pray to be empowered. By the Holy Ghost, and to do the works of the Lord, and to see God move in what we're praying for and believing for. That's what we pray for. That's what we seek for. Angelic visitations may happen. But if you never have a visible, tangible visitation from an angel, doesn't make you less spiritual than anybody else. And one that has an angelic visitation doesn't make them more spiritual than anybody else. And we need to understand that. And we need to understand that God is in charge of it all. But God will send angels for a purpose. There's always a purpose in anything God does. God will send angels for a purpose and with instructions many times to the believer through the angel. And you see that in the Bible. We're going to give some references here in just a moment. But spirituality is not judged by seeing an angel. You can't judge somebody's spirituality because they haven't seen angels. I, I, I know that there was one minister one time years ago that uh, an, an angel appeared and there was something visible that people saw. And I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting that God didn't manifest him or the angelic being that was there. I'm not saying, but all of a sudden, this man begins to be revered as more holy and more spiritual than everybody else because of the angel. That's not it. When Jesus left, he said, you didn't, he didn't say to the disciples, y'all going to have an angel come visit you. He said, no, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost. And you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, I said that because, again, I'm not diminishing the fact that you may have a visitation from an angel. But many times we've had visitations and not even aware of it until you left and that person was gone and you went back to find them and they weren't there. But God has specific ways of getting it to you. Now, spirituality is not gauged by visitations (laughs) of angels. You, you can't judge somebody's spirituality by visitation of angels. But you, you're going to see, and nor can you judge somebody's spirituality by the gifts of the Spirit. I thought I'd just throw that in free. Just because somebody 
prophesies doesn't necessarily, and I'm saying this in the right way, prophecy is from God. Messages in tongues is from God. Interpretation of tongues is from God. And well, the one church said having a prayer meeting and 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 they was talking about being so hot and dry and hot and dry and hot and dry, you know, and, and somebody gave a message in tongues. And uh, this person who gave the interpretation said, well, I'm going to cause clouds to come and rain upon you. Well, that's okay, you know, but God's going to do that anyway. <laughs> y'all, y'all help me see what I'm saying. Sometimes we get caught up in super spirituality, and I'm not saying we do, we don't do that, but I'm saying I've been in many places super, super spiritual. I was in one place one time, and God's power was moving, and God's power is manifested many times. I I don't judge my anointing by what happens physically in a service. The anointing of God is what's going to destroy the yokes of bondage. But God was moving and manifested himself that night. And this young preacher came to him and grabbed my hand and said, Oh, Brother Clarence, I can't wait till I get the power gifts. I said, Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, Yes. I said, You've got the, all the power you need. You don't need no special gift. Hallelujah. He said, Lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Cast out devils. In my name. Is that what Jesus said? In my name. It doesn't mean you've got a special anointing. We've all got that anointing. If, if, if someone comes in that's got a devil and you need to take authority over that devil, you've got the anointing. You don't have to have somebody special to come do it. The Holy Ghost is in you. The power of God's in you. God is equal. Hallelujah. You talk about a God of equality. <laughs> He's equal. We all have the same opportunity. There's some denominational churches that are see, seeing the power of the Holy Ghost fall, and they're realizing, hey, I wish I had my eyes open several years ago to the truth, and they're receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and listen, some of them are Baptists. There was a Baptist church in Dallas, Texas. Howard Knatzer was the pastor of the First Baptist Church there in Dallas. And it was, well, I don't know if it's First Baptist, but it was whatever. And W.V. Grant had his revival center there. And the Baptist church that Howard Knatzer was pastoring was about a block right behind it. You know, just kind of almost almost adjacent to where the church was, but he, he was right there. And uh, Howard Knatzer received the Holy Ghost. In a church I was pastoring, he came to a special conference we had. And he came and Brother John Osteen was preaching. And Brother Osteen just preached a simple message on the power of the Holy Ghost. And I mean, Brother Knatzer received the Holy Ghost. And he acted just like we did. <laughs> he got excited and danced and shouted. And, and he said, I've got to go explain to my deacon board what's happened to me. Well, he went to his deacon board to explain it to them. And you know what? Half of them was happy. The other half wasn't too happy. But you know what? The half that was happy, they received the Holy Ghost. And it wasn't long till the other half came along and they all received the Spirit of the Lord. But God gifted and anointed him and, and healings began to take place. And, 
And he always told people, he said, well, he said, I knew it wouldn't be too long till that spirit from that W.B. Grant Revival Center would just ease on back here and get in my church. And you know what? It did. Hallelujah. It did. God, God moved in a special, special way. But listen, we're not judged by the gifts of the Spirit or our angelic visitations. We are washed in the blood of Jesus. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, let's, let's look at something about the angels. Y'all get anything out of this? Scriptures indicate that there's an organization in terms of authority among angels. Now, you know, a person can have a higher position in life. Uh, the mayor can be over the city council, you know, you know and the president of the United States, all, it comes right on down. But they all have a position. And there's a place. And there is an organization in terms of authority among the angels also. Ranking of celestial powers. We got archangels. We have angels. <laughs> We've got seraphims. We've got cherubims. We've got principalities, power, might, and dominion. All of these are ranking in the angels. Look at Hebrews 1, 13 through 14 again. To which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits? Talking about the angels, they're all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. Colossians 1, verse 16, Paul wrote this. For by him, by him, Jesus Christ, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. Hallelujah! Now, look at Romans 8, verse 37. I'm going to read a few scriptures here, but I think the Bible can speak for itself, right? Yet in all these things, Paul said, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life... Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Now, we're going to get into that. He said angels, because listen, you got good angels and you got bad angels. Because remember, we're going to get into it in just a minute, but one third of the angels was cast out of heaven for their rebellion. So neither angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, angels differ in power. Some have an authority that others don't possess. It's just like, you know, if you work in a big company, some people have authority in one area and you don't, and you have authority in another area where you're working. Because God has order to His things, everything that He's created. He created the angels. Hey, by the way, angels were created before earth was even thought about. Hallelujah. They were in the very beginning. I mean, God had angels that He created uh, in the very beginning of time. And so, it's it's amazing. Amen? But there's ranks. Number one is the archangel. Scriptures designate Michael as that archangel. Many times where you see Michael, the angel or the archangel of God, was there. And look what it said in Jude 9. It said, yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil... Now, 
We'll get into this in just a minute. But the devil, remember, is Lucifer, who was high up in the order of the angels. He was over the worship, according to some studies, uh, of the angels, of their, the, the music, the singing. In other words, he was a choir director. He was over it all. But look, yet Michael the archangel had continued with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses. Remember, Moses' body was disputed over. The devil wanted him. But Michael the archangel came against the devil that was trying to get the body of Moses. And he said, the Lord rebuke thee. Now, he had the authority to say that because he represented God himself as the archangel in charge. And he said, the Lord rebukes thee. And so, the angel didn't get the body of Moses. <laughs> Somebody said, what happened to the body of Moses? I, my, my feeling is that he was taken up. <laughs> he, he was taken. Elijah was taken up. Y'all remember that story of Elijah? He was taken up into heaven. So the Moses, that nobody's ever found the grave of Moses. But Michael the archangel said, "The Lord rebuke thee." See, before his fall, Lucifer was the archangel. He was an archangel. He had charge of things. And look what it said in Isaiah fourteen twelve through seventeen. This is talking about Lucifer. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You're weakened, uh, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights and the clouds. I'll be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to hell, to the lowest depths of the pit, and those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? Heard somebody preaching that one time? And he was preaching, and he said, You know, <laughs> the devil, in the end time, in the very end of times, God's people, saints of God, are going to look, and they're going to see this little bitty imp of something, you know. <laughs> Is that what caused me all my problem? And I believed him? Well, this is what the Scripture is saying about him. Amen? Who is this man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? What? Is this him? He's the one that caused all the havoc in 2020 in the earth? Well, you know, people believe lies. And believe in lying vanities, they forsake their own mercy. But the devil himself is toothless. He's powerless. He has no authority. He has no power. Somebody says, ooh, brother. I was preaching this one time. Somebody comes, brother Clarence, ooh, brother Clarence, you're being awful bold about what you say about the devil. I said, I hope he hears every word. 
He was defeated. Satan is toothless, powerless. He has no might. Somebody said, well, what, what he's doing in the world? Well, you know why? Because people believe lies. The Bible said, believe, in, believe lie in vanities, they forsake their own mercy. So what's happening in the world? People are believing lies. Now, I'm not going to downplay the fact it's going to get worse before it gets better. We might as well prepare our hearts and prepare ourselves because Jesus himself said it's going to get worse. Amen? Why? Because people are listening to the lies of the devil and they're yielding themselves over to the devil. Many of them, I'm I'm going to say this, I dare say many of them are possessed by the evil spirits. We've got leaders in Washington, D.C. that are spouting things that are so demonic and so devilish and so full of hate and vile, you know it's not coming from God. And yet they say they're Christians. Uh Uh-uh. You're going to know a Christian by their actions and by their speech. Even Peter. Remember when Peter was out there hiding and trying to mingle in with the crowd when they were taking Jesus and they were going to crucify him and fear gripped his heart and he got out there amongst them warming his hands with all those people and and one of them said, Hey, you're one of them. He said, No, your speech betrays you. He cursed. Now, Peter knew how to curse. He was one of those old fishermen, you know. Before he got saved. And he pulled back and got some of those and cursed to make himself mingle in with the crowd. But then he went out and wept bitterly and repented. And Peter became the chief, one, I guess the chief cornerstone of a lot of things that Jesus was doing in the church, in the, in the early church. And Peter became a great man of God. Amen? But listen, Michael should stand up and and uh, there should be a time of trouble. And, and the great prince who stands watches over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble. Daniel 12 and 1, this is where this is. And such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who's found written in the book. Now Daniel is talking about another time at that particular time where the enemy was coming in and trying to devour the Jews. Now, remember, the Jews are God's people. They're God's chosen. And God chose it. God gave Abraham promise in Genesis, the 12th chapter, as he come out of the land of idolatry. And God said, look to the stars, as many as you see. And look to, to the sands of the, uh, of, the, uh, of, the, uh, of the land there, the sands. And you're going to see this is, you're, you're, you're going to be a many-numbered people. Multitudes are going to come through that. And you know what happened is? Paul, being a a Jew that he was, and very learned Jew in the things of God, he wrote and said, you know, we're the branch that's been grafted in. And thank God that God made a place for us with his people. The promises to the Jews have become 
our promises. Because we're grafted in to the thing that God is doing. And therefore, we can claim exactly what God promised them. One day, the Jews' eyes will be opened. I'm talking about, when I say Jews, I'm talking about the religious Jews, those that are Orthodox Jews. They're going to see in the end time, when Jesus comes, their eyes are going to be opened and recognize Him as the Messiah. But thank God, even now though, there's many Jews being born again. Right now, there's many Jews accepting the blood of Jesus and accepting what Jesus Christ did. They're seeing the revelation of it. And just, and just like there's a lot of Muslims today, they're having dreams. And they're receiving the Messiah. They're receiving Him as Savior and Lord of their life. Even today. Because, you know, they're still part of God's people too. We've all been kind of grafted into this thing. Amen? But God... Has, has his blessings upon us. Can you say amen? That's all different teaching, but that's good anyway. <laughs> in Daniel, in the third year of Cyrus, king of uh, Judah, uh, this is over in Daniel, uh, I think 10, if, if, if it's what I'm looking at. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was, was long, and he understood the message and understood the vision. In those da- days, I, Daniel, was mo- mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And on the twenty-fourth day of the first month, I was by, on, by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, and I lifted my eyes, and indeed, behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with the gold of uh, Upaz. His body was like burial, his, uh, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like the torches of fire, his arms and feet like furnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words and the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw this vision, for the, man, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength was remained in me. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel... Man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. While he was speaking his word to me, I stood trembling. And this is what he said to him. Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I've come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, here's Michael again, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone with the kings of Persia. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless, and suddenly one having the likeness of the sons of men, touched my lips, then opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I've retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. 
Yes, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, let the Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. And he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to, to fight with them, uh, to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. This is Michael, the archangel. This is Michael, the warring angel. <laughs> this is Michael, uh, the, the one that does it. And so, and war broke out in heaven. In Revelations, the 12th chapter, verses 7 and 12, we're, we're still talking about Michael. Michael's a warring angel. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and the angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was it a place found in them for, uh, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, is this in a, in a future thing, or is this something that happened when Satan tried to dethrone God? Remember, Lucifer tried to dethrone God, and he took one-third of the angels and got them to agree with him, and the Bible said they were cast out. Cast out. They didn't have no more place and position and authority in the kingdom of heaven any longer. Glory to God. And so, they were cast down to the earth. And you want, you want to know why the earth has problems? Well, number one... In the creation, God created the heavens and the earth. He put Adam and Eve in it. But you see, the devil had already been cast out of heaven. Now, the devil was still roaming, trying to find a place he could take over. Satan, Lucifer, he was trying to find a place to take over. And he deceived Adam, or deceived Eve first, actually. And then Adam consented to it. And when they did that, they gave up their rights as men and women of God as ownership of this earth, and gave it up to the devil. That's why there's such turmoil in the earth. And from that day forth, you can see evil. As you read the book of Genesis and all the way through, you'll, you'll see how the, the devil raised up people that were anti, anti-God, did not believe in God. When Abraham left the place where he was, they were devil worshippers. And they were actually committing abortions to take the, uh, the, the children that weren't birthed yet and taking them out of the wombs of the, uh, of the mothers and offering them as sacrifices to their God. Listen, this, this isn't a new thing that's happening. Abortion is nothing new. The spirit of abortion comes from the spirit of Satan. And we might as well face facts, you know. Somebody said, well, don't you believe in it? No, I don't believe in it. I believe that every child should have a right to breathe and live and, and have their right to make a decision to serve God. And I, I tell you what, I'm amazed at Christians that believe in abortion. Or, or I should change that, supposedly Christians. Because I don't believe you can be a Christian and believe in abortion. Hallelujah. Now, mind you, I've seen people that have had that happen and allowed it to happen to their bodies, but they got convicted and God saved them. They're born again believers in the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost. And yes, they committed murder and abortion. But you know what God does? Just like He does with any of our sins, He washed it away by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. 
And they're new creatures in Christ Jesus. And now they're parading and, and uh, doing things for God. And, uh, you, you know, j- just on a campaign for the Lord. Because God is on their side. Amen. And they're, they've been born again. Amen? But listen, the great dragon was cast down to the earth. And uh, this is Revelation 12. I, I believe some in Revelation is talking about what happened in the past and some of it's in the, in the future. Because the devil's already cast down to the earth. He's already cast down to the earth. That happened way, way, way back when he committed high treason against God himself, you know. And God cast him out. So, rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil's come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Now, we need to know, understand this. Because of people opening their hearts and their minds to demonic powers and teachings and things of that sort. And listen, I I have never seen so many Christians in this day that we're living in changing their attitude towards freedom, liberty, and rights as believers. I, I mean, it, it, it's amazing. I talk to people. I've, uh, well, I, I, I'm just amazed. I was talking to some younger people one time, and and that I, that I saw grow up, you know, and and they grew up under our ministry and different things, and and now today they they, they talk just like somebody don't believe in God. They, they, don't, they don't want it. But you know why? The devil's been cast down to the earth. This is his... Listen, he won control of the earth when Adam committed high treason and gave it over to the devil by yielding to the lies of the enemy. Say, listen, if Adam had said, devil, you're a liar. We wouldn't have the problems we got today. At least through Adam. (laughs) Now, he might have deceived somebody else down the road or down the line somewhere. But I want to tell you something. We still have victory in Jesus. Amen? So, the angels of God. Now, Gabriel is God's messenger. Look what it said in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven and shout with the voice of an archangel. Who's that archangel? Michael. And when the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So Gabriel is God's messenger. Gabriel in Hebrew means God's hero or the mighty one or God is great. That's what it literally means. Uh, the ministry of Gabriel, you'll find it over in uh, Daniel 8, verses 15 16. We just read some of that a while ago. But he announces the vision of God for the end time. In Daniel 9.20, he showed a panoramic view of the earthly kingdoms in the return of Christ, even in the book of Daniel there. And in the New Testament, oh, glory to God, this is where it gets exciting. He appears to Zacharias, the priest, and Elizabeth, but he appears to Zacharias. And he, he announces to them, the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right-hand side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayers heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
And you will have joy and gladness, Elizabeth, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit of, and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fallen, of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Hallelujah. And Zechariah said, how many knows if you had an angel talk to you, you got questions too. And Zechariah said, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel said unto him, I am Gabriel. Yeah. See, Gabriel? He's the archangel. Yeah. And who stands in the presence of God was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be made, uh, you will be mute and not able to speak. Listen, yeah. aren't you glad God knows our weaknesses? Yeah. And... It would be good if sometime we could all be muted at times. <laughs> we, we talk doubt, fear, and unbelief. It, it, but, uh, what I'm saying, but this was a special event here where John the Baptist was going to be born. But in order for it to happen, he had to mute him. He had to mute the Zechariah, uh, the, the, you know, the father. And, uh, and he had to mute him. He said, you'll not speak. And... Yeah, let's see. You'll be mute, not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not, you did not believe my words. If he had believed his words, he could have talked. But you know, sometimes it's better that we don't talk, which will be fulfilled. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. And finally, you know, John the Baptist was born. And they, what's it going to be called? Is he going to be called Bob? Jim? What are we going to call him? You know, I, is it going to be uh, uh, Zacharias II, you know, what, or Zacharias Jr.? Or, uh, you know, he couldn't talk. So he got a pay, pen and paper, and he said, John. <laughs> and when he said John, his mouth was open, and he praised the Lord. Glory to God. And John the Baptist was born. Praise God. Now, so... He announced the birth of Jesus, also the same Gabriel. Luke, the first chapter, the 30th. Angel said, told Mary, don't be afraid, for you found favor with God, and you'll conceive in your womb, bring forth a son, she'll call his name Jesus. He'll be great, be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There will be no end. Hallelujah. That was the same Gabriel that prophesied to John the Baptist's father. Amen. Now, there's also a seraphim. I'm going to go through these quickly here. I'm just trying to show you an angelic organization that God has. Listen, we need to understand angels are real. Angels are real. I'm I'm not caught up in the thing. I I know there for a while people were going around, they had feathers falling, you know. And I'm I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm not saying that that's, that's not impossible. But they made a big deal out of it, you know. And I don't think God wants anybody to make a big deal out of something that doesn't bring glory to him. Amen. And uh, then one lady was caught. Uh, they were videoing the service in this big camp meeting. And she got caught. And, uh, and anyway, she, by the sleight of hand, she had some feathers in her jacket or whatever. And they, they fluttered down by the person she was praying for. Everybody said, oh, glory to God. But she was a fraud. Amen? 
<laughs> Listen, where there's a fraud, there's reality too. <laughs> where there's hypocrites, there's some true saints of God too. Amen? So, I'm not going to sit here and labor on the frauds. Now, if I see something happening and, and it's not of God, I'll, I'll just take my spiritual authority that God's given me as a leader and I'll take care of it. But thank God we don't have to worry about that right now. Amen? <laughs> but she was a fraud. She got caught. But, but there are seraphims also. And their, their ministry is to praise the name and character of God in heaven. In the year that King Uzziah died in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, it says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above it stood a seraphim, which had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with the two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, seraphims there to praise the name and character of God in heaven. How, how many believes that, and I know you do, but how many, how many believes there's angels around us right now? They're real. Back in the old reel-to-reel recorder days, you know, my dad had a church and, and uh, my cousin, she could play the organ out of this world, the anointing of God was up on her. And she was singing, How Great Thou Art. It was beautiful. I mean, anointed. When we were playing the reel-to-reel recording back, you know, going to playback, it sounded like a heavenly choir singing in her background with her. We, re, we redid it again. Maybe we thought we did something wrong. And it was there. It was there. And we had, the place was, had, had a good number of people, but all those people couldn't sing good, you know. <laughs> but especially heavenly music. I know, I always use that excuse for me. The Bible said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And so I just, I just make a joyful noise. Amen. But, but this was heavenly, choir-like music that was there. Those were seraphims. Now, we didn't see them visibly. But you know what? You don't have to see them visibly because the angels of God are about us right now. Hallelujah. They will manifest themselves if it comes necessary. But they're with us right now. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not going to get silly and start talking over my shoulder at my angel all the time, you know. (laughs) But they're real. I'm emphasizing the fact angels are real. They all have their position. Seraphims are, they praise the name and character of God in heaven. Cherubims constantly glorify God. Psalms 80 and 1, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who will lead Joseph like a flock, you who dwell between the cherubim and shine forth. They constantly glorify God. Listen, if you, if you think praising God gets on your nerves now, you may not want to go to heaven. <laughs> because when we get to heaven, 
It's going to be praise, 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 worship, 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 praise, worship, praise. Hallelujah. Do you believe this? We might as well get in practice now. <laughs> Glory to God. I said, we might as well start practicing and just start glorifying the Lord and join in with those seraphims and those cherubims. Amen. <clears throat> now, cherubims also guarded the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. The Bible said, he drove out the man and he placed cherubims at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. In other words, Adam and Eve had to leave. They had to leave. They didn't get that back. They had to leave. And God placed cherubims at the entrance to go into that place so that they could not come back in. So cherubims, they guarded, they constantly glorified God on the same, on the same token. And, and uh, uh, the, the designs of the cherubim is part of the mercy seat that's in the, in the holies of holies. Uh, they were made of gold. The cherubims were made of gold. Look at Exodus twenty-five, eighteen. You shall make two cherubims of gold of hammered work. You shall make them at the two ends of every of the mercy seat. So cherubim, they still remain a mystery to man. But God, God Himself, told them what to design and to put on that mercy seat. And the cherubims were placed there in solid gold. Now let's take a look, just a brief look at Lucifer and the fallen angels. Lucifer fell along with the angels who followed him, and. Now, there's a theory of a pre-Adamic world. Um, this is a theory, okay? But they said when, angel, when Lucifer and his angels fell. Now, remember, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen? And so, there, there's a theory that during this pre-Adamic thing before Adam and Eve... That the uh, uh, Satan just kind of fixed up his own little place, you know. <laughs> he, he had to have his own little place. But that's a theory. Don't, don't, don't go out and quote that. I don't have no scriptures to back that up. It's just a theory, okay, that they have. But Lucifer, Lucifer, he's the king. He's, he's the kingpin. He's, he's the one that's in charge of all these demonic activities. He, he's, the, he's, the one, he's, the, he's the head honcho, <laughs> He, he's the, he, what is it called? The father of the mafia, so to speak. He, he's over it all. But look what it said. There's five I wills of Lucifer. Look what he said. I will ascend into heaven. Lucifer said, I will ascend. I will take over. Number two, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Number three, I will set also upon the mount of the congregation. Number four, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. And number five, I will be like the highest. I will be like God. I want to tell you something. When you see false prophets rise up, Jim Jones is a great example of this. Jim Jones was a Mighty preacher. Pentecostal preacher. Jim Jones had miracles. The gifts of the Holy Ghost operated through him during his early ministry and him getting going and started. But what happened was, 
he listened to the lies of the enemy and he began to exalt himself above everybody. And Jim Jones became God to his followers. And that's how Jim, somebody said, how in the world did he cause those people to just follow him and drink the Kool-Aid? You've heard that old saying, they all drink the Kool-Aid. Sometimes I've seen places where it looks like they drink the Kool-Aid, you know. (laughs) But he had this power. Because in order for a man to, to control people... He has to first yield himself over to a controlling factor, which is the devil. Jim Jones started on the right track, but just like anybody, they can backslide. They can turn away from God. The children of Israel turn from God and begin to worship idols. All through the Old Testament, you see where they worshiped idols. God had to deal with them. But Jim Jones didn't come back, and he had this power. And not only Jim Jones, there's many false prophets through the ages and through the years. And you've seen some of them in your own time, false prophets of God that's, that profess to be God's uh, voice, you know, to, to this nation and to this world. And I, and listen, when you start hearing I all the time, that's what happened to Lucifer. Pride. I will exalt myself. I will be bigger than God. I will do this. I get you in trouble. I want to tell you what God, that's the reason he said walk in humility. Walk in humility and in meekness. And let the spirit of meekness be in us and the spirit of humility. Because without God, we're nothing. Without God, we can't do anything. Without God, you can't even heal a gnat, you know. But with God, all things are possible to him that believes. And you can lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And in his name, you can cast out devils. And that's not puffing yourself up in pride. That's just realizing who you are in Christ and the authority God's given us through the power of the Holy Ghost. But don't let it get into pride and say, look at me. (laughs) I'm the one that's doing this. No, 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 no. God is in charge. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Woo! Is this okay? Y'all doing, y'all, y'all doing okay? And I'm just going to give these two little thoughts here. And you can look at the scriptures yourself. But uh, final war in heaven. Revelation 12, 1 through 17. You can read all of that. But Satan was thrown out of heaven. Glory to God. <laughs> No longer does he have power in the heavenlies. And the woman was persecuted. And we we know that's going to happen. But we also know that Jesus is Lord. And he is the soon coming king. Glory to God. And he will rule and reign in this earth. But angels are real. And I, I just wanted to kind of share that with you this morning on the angelic organization. We, we need to understand they're real angels. We're not done with this. We're going to still do some more on this. But I want to tell you something. God's, God's good. Amen? Angels. Angels. Angels all around me. I'm all right. Angels all around me. I'm all right. 
There's no need to worry, no need to get uptight, because angels all around me, and I'm all... Listen, we've got the angels of God. We've got the angels of the Lord. And if necessary, they will manifest themselves physically. You may not even see it, but the ones that may be accosting you and coming after you or whatever, they'll see them. I, amen. They'll see them. It's, it's like one, one uh, wagon train one time. I heard this story that they used to go circled around and they'd always pray before they go to bed, you know, and thank God that the army of God, the angels of God were there. And one night, thieves broke through. <laughs> they broke through and they come in and they were so flabbergasted. They said, you know, we've been trying to do this. They, they finally, they, they, they woke up the leaders and everybody else says in there, the thieves were there. And they said, we got a question. Where did you send all your army that you had around you every night? And the leader of the wagon train, he said, oh my. (laughs) We were so tired, we forgot to commission our angels. (laughs) Well, I don't know if God's going to hold you and hold you uh, in a place of contempt if you forget to do that every night. But listen, it don't hurt to do it every night. Just commission your angels around your property and around you and around your car when you get in the car and drive. Just commission the angel of the Lord. Listen, I know angels are real. We were coming through a mighty thunderstorm on an Interstate 59. I mean a mighty thunderstorm. I mean, you couldn't even see. And a car was coming down the feeder road and lost control, was coming up the embankment and was headed right to our car, a big 18-wheeler right behind us. And you know what? I looked in my rearview mirror, and I don't even know how we did it, but our car just kind of like it was lifted up and just put on the side of the road and stopped. And this big old 18-wheeler, I didn't ever get a chance to talk to him, but I would like to see him what, I'd ask him what he saw. I believe the angels were there. And you've had incidents like that. Every one of us have had incidents like that. Angels are real. They, they protect us. They keep us. They preserve us. Hallelujah. And they, they listen, they're God's army. They're God's commissioned army. And they, they take instructions from the Lord. Thank God. We're, we're God's people today. Amen. Lift your hands and just thank God. Victory is yours in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. And we just praise you. In Jesus' name, because your word's truth. Glory to God. The word of God is truth. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you know what we have to do? You have to believe the word. You have to believe there are angels. And I want us to sing this before we leave this morning. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. God can do anything. Well, it's only believe. Only believe. All things.